You are listening to Figuring Shit Out with Dr. Nikki Naradin, where you can finally get yourself out of that state of confusion. Confusion is the stealer of dreams and move into some clarity so that you can really like live your passion, your hope, your dream, anything you ever wanted. It's all possible. You could feel better really, really quickly. All right. Enjoy the episode. Hey, hey, everybody, it's Dr. Nikki here, and you are listening to the Figuring Shit Out podcast with me, because I'm 58 years old and still figuring shit out, and I've had a profession that has been very lucrative and meaningful and lots of things that I do, and still, every day I'm figuring shit out, and I believe we all are at different stages of our lives somehow thinking that we should have figured something out already. And clearly we have not in our mind, but the truth is, is we probably figured out a lot more than we think we did. It got us here. We're doing okay. You're listening to the podcast. If you didn't want to keep figuring stuff out, you probably would not be listening to this podcast. Well, I always started out with the commitment. So let's do this thing. Please feel free to close your eyes and listen to the commitment, read it, write it down, make sure it's on a couple of mirrors. I think it's the absolute truth of the universe. It is what we can expect from being alive and human. From this moment on, I joyfully promise to never give up on my dreams and goals. I choose to remember always that the whole world is mine to explore and I need never be alone in figuring it out and making it just right. That I was born worthy and lovable without condition, and whatever brought me to this place is just the journey to my present and future self and not the sum total of who I am or who I will become. This is true at any age. If you are saying to yourself at this moment, I'm too old to joyfully promise that I'm going to have a big world or a big life or a big whatever, you are absolutely wrong. While you still have breath in you, while you still have movement of body, whatever is going on, you actually get to decide how you want the rest of your life to look, what you want to achieve, what you're going to go for. I think I've spoken to you guys before. I actually moved my parents out to Las Vegas. Now they are older. My dad is 90. He's got a lot of health problems, lots of difficulties getting around. And they were living in a house where he couldn't actually get his walker over the front step. But we couldn't put in a ramp because the ramp was too unsteady. And my mom, who struggles with balance issues, couldn't actually walk on the ramp to get out the door. So every day I would get a phone call from them saying, we're going to die in this house. We are dying in this house. Now, for them, I really think they believed that this was the last stop to the happy hunting ground, as my grandma Lillian used to say, that this was it, that they had nothing else to look forward to. And We were trying to figure out almost how to medicate their good feelings, put them on an antidepressant. My mom likes to smoke pot. She was smoking. Whatever it is that that we were trying to figure out how to make this particular situation work for them. Now, for some people, the situation works. We have friends that live 
up the street who are also about the same age. One's an artist. The other one's a poet. They love to be home. They're so glad to not move out of their house. They barely want to see people. And he is constantly creating. But that is not true of my parents. That is not how their minds work. That's not what they're looking for. That's not what's going on with them. And so I finally just got tired not tired. I just knew that there was something better that we could do of listening to my mother be ready to die in this house. And I found them an assisted living place in Las Vegas where things are cheaper, where there are no taxes, where they could play poker because we are all really huge poker players and that they've also wintered there. And I found a place and I furnished the place and I said, you're moving. And I was expecting them to say no, like to really give me a hard time on that. But they said yes, which is absolutely incredible. And they moved. Now, part of it was my mother wasn't ready for a big move. And she said, I don't think I'm ready to pack up the house or do anything. And my thought was, you don't have to. Just go. We'll figure it out. It was a reverse mortgage. They already had the money. Go, 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 go. And so they went and I figured out how to pack up the house with minimal effort on my part. I found somebody who was willing to auction off everything in the house and use the money to clear it out. And then we found somebody else who actually sold the house at a higher price than what the bank was giving in the reverse mortgage. And my parents are extremely happy where they are in Vegas, playing poker three days a week, my mother playing Mahjong twice a week. My kids just went and visited them. And this is not how they thought the rest of their life would be. But I never get a phone call anymore that they're ready to die, ever. Actually, all the phone calls are generally about what poker hands had my mother winning that day or that she had to go because she had to play poker. So there's not enough time for me there. So she's playing poker or she's eating three meals a day or two meals a day in their dining hall with lots of people and most of the people who I know now who I like a lot. So this is pretty fantastic. So if my 90-year-old parents can actually figure out how to have another part of their lives and live and truly live, then I know we can all do this. Because again, if you're listening to this, then you're, you're basically on your way. You're almost there. All right. And part of the reason why I can do this is because I do believe in what A Course in Miracles is teaching. And I'm going through that with you. A Course in Miracles basically has you know that whatever is going on in your brain, whatever your thoughts and beliefs are, are generally an amalgam, a comprehensive way in which we were raised by our families of origin, the kind of oppression society somehow puts upon us, the effects of capitalism, the effects of racism, the effects of sexism, the effects of whatever historical trauma there is that we all somehow have epigenetics and, you know, ways in which we're constantly reliving whatever the difficult past was, that this, even though it feels so intense and so real, is not a full picture of the story. 
And it doesn't have to be a continued picture if we choose it to not be. But but the way we choose it to not be is to decide something about it. And so this next lesson, this is lesson 27. You can go online and actually get the full lesson and how to work on it. But this lesson, I think, really starts going deeper into the idea that you want to see things related to your life differently than it's already been. You've been doing whatever you've been doing up to this point, and it has become a recording and a very deeply etched, grooved recording, and it's not working for you. If you don't have the results you want, if you're feeling dissatisfied, I'm not even talking about joy. Like I honestly don't believe we're supposed to have joy all the time. I mean, we get to experience joy as a contrast to whatever's difficult or struggle, but we don't have to actually add on to the suffering. And we also don't have to decide that something's gone wrong, which is an amazing, amazing thing. So this particular lesson says, above all else, I want to see. Now, that's kind of like the shortened version of probably where it's going to go. Like, above all else, I want to see differently. Above all else, I want to see the light. Above all else, I want to see God. Whatever it is. But, But what it does is it acknowledges the fact that what we're seeing is not 100% truth. That everybody will look at the situation and see something different. That there is many, many different ways to see it and that we get as humans with a prefrontal cortex and an ability to reason through things to decide if we want to see things differently and also to be completely compassionate with ourselves where we've been looking for the things that are negative just to protect us. Back in the day, God knows how long a day is that 10 million years ago or whatever, probably the, the people who could look around a corner and see where danger was and really preempt danger were the ones that lived. So I am not saying that however we survived and however you figured out how to survive is a bad thing and it's is your fault. Like you don't have to be uncompassionate with yourself about it. But it is not a full picture as to what is truly going on. And if you want to see, then you could decide to see through the lens of love, the lens of light, the lens of togetherness and cohesion, the lens of working towards something, the lens of bigness and greatness and making a difference and not to play it so small. And you get to see it that way too. And that kind of brings me, God, there's always, these things are so jam packed. I'm so glad you're with me. So I was thinking about this the other day. I've been doing great and there is so much going on in my life right now. I'm working in remote Alaska. I go back and forth. So tons and tons of travel. I'm in the process of getting a divorce, which so many people have so many feelings about, and I have my own feelings about it. And there, there's just, there are so many things, you know, people have died, people have moved. It, it could be anything. It could be everything, but I generally feel good and I feel like things are going well. And I went to a coaching session and they said, well, what do you want to coach on? And I'm like, well, things are pretty good. And so I decided that I was going to figure out 
why things are going so well for me. Because if all of a sudden you think things are going well for you, but you have no idea how you created that feeling and you are blaming it on luck, a lucky rabbit's foot, you just tripped over it, something good happened, then it could be fleeting and go away as quickly as it came. So I think it is just important to actually know why things are going well versus when things are not going well. And I love that. So I have Dr. Nikki's how many steps? One, two, three, four, five. Five steps to understanding why things are going well so that you can continue to make things go well for yourself. Now, that doesn't mean that you're happy. It just means that you can tell that you're actually okay. And that's what we're going for. I am not going for constant joy, constant happiness, that I need something to be happening in order for me to feel okay. And if I'm not feeling joy and happiness and those particular feelings, that I'm not deciding that something has gone seriously wrong. So when I thought about this for a long time, these are the things that I came up with. Now, you're going to come up with your own list, but I want you to really dig deep. Dig deep into why when you're feeling good, you think you're feeling good. Because what that means is that we actually have agency over whether we feel good or not. And what I mean there is that the circumstances will be the circumstances. We can't change them or not. But the feelings we have about them, what we do about them, what we make it mean is actually an individual choice. Now, it doesn't feel like a choice because there are some people who get so mad about certain things and it feels like not a choice and they feel so justified in the madness. I think I mentioned this story before, but I was at the airport picking up my kids. They were coming into different terminals and I had to circle a lot because people were coming in at different times. People were a little bit late, whatever. And I was circling and I started making like a little circle game like, oh, I don't want to miss that turn. And I wouldn't miss that turn. And then I would stay by the curbside and I'd see how long it would be before one of the security people or the traffic people would push me out. And then I would circle again. How few times can I circle before I get pushed up? How do I get the the traffic person engaged enough so that he won't make me go? Are there any excuses that I could say? Like, I have to go to the bathroom so badly. Or I even used one. I said that my daughter was a first-time traveler, which is such a lie. And that she needed me to wait. And a lot of people would wait. And then I came next to this other guy who was also there the exact same amount of time I was, circled many times, but he was so mad. He's like, they keep pushing me away. Why are they doing this to me. I'm waiting for people. It's no big deal. If I hang out here, I got into a fight with that traffic cop and I got into a fight with that traffic cop and I got two tickets. So in the process, he was really mad. He got into a fight with two traffic cops and he owed 90 bucks, which really sucked. Now he traveled around the airport as many times as I did. And I got into no fights. I was playing a little game with myself and I owed no money. Now, I'm not saying that one is better than the other, but clearly my experience is different of the same situation. So you get to choose which one you want. 
And that's a very comforting thought that the circumstance is really not that important in deciding how you're going to deal with something because every circumstance is different. Even with death, with all kinds of things. Anyway, so these are the five ways in which I figured out why things are going well and then how to make them go well again. Because what you're doing is you're looking to not leave it so much to chance, but rather replicate kind of the internal work that you might do in order to make something go well for your own life. Number one, I never question my value as a human. That no matter what happens or what I do, I still think that my self-worth is there, that I am a good human deserving of love. And I do that in a lot of ways. I high-five myself in the mirror. Mel Robbins put out a book called The High-Five Habit that I've been doing for quite a few years now, but every morning in the mirror, I remind myself of things that I love about myself. I see the things that I love about myself. I try not to look at the bags under my eye or the gray in my hair, but rather that I can see or I like my lips or my skin looks great. Like I have no idea, but I'm always really directing the focus towards things that are good as opposed to things that are bad. I do a lot of tapping. I tap for self-love. I love that. I just am keeping reminding myself that I am a child of this universe. I am deserving of love. And even if I make a mistake, I'm worthy. I do a lot of empathy with my younger self. I remember that I was always good, that I was always trying the best I could. I didn't have the support that I needed back then. The adults that were taking care of me weren't thinking about me as well as they could have. And that was not my fault. Now, step number two is often because... I do think badly about myself, and it's generally related to something in early childhood. I will go back to wherever that young child is having a hard time with my present day self, my confident older self, and other people around me. And I will go back and I'll remind her that she is good, that she is able that it's not her fault and that everything will be okay. Now, I know that a lot of people don't like to go back and visit their younger version of themselves, themselves, but everything we're feeling today is some throwback to that particular thing that happened. Something that happened in junior high, something that happened at home, some way we felt disrespected. It's all there, but you get to go back and just remind that young one that they were okay. Step number three is I handle and allow for feelings. When emotions arise, I try to observe them from an outside perspective. I take note of their characteristics, color, shape, physical sensations, like temperature or location in the body. I allow those feelings to happen without judgment. And then the second part of that, it's important to keep in mind that experiencing emotions doesn't necessarily mean that something's gone wrong. So even when you're feeling bad, if you're feeling guilty, if you're feeling sad, nothing has gone wrong. The third part of that is that keep in mind that your emotions are connected to your thoughts over which you have some level of control. And that's so great to have that level of control. 
Step number four, kind of related to that third part of step number three, that thoughts are fleeting, that they're malleable, that even when things feel like they're going bad, if something is wrong, it could change in a moment. So find a better feeling or a latter thought. Know what your thoughts are. Do that thought download that I've spoken about before, meaning you're writing down your thoughts constantly. Un... Don't even watch over them. Just decide that it's okay, whatever you think. And then step number five, have fun with your thinking. Your brain will offer up things that are so confusing at times, that seem negative at times, that seem really strange. Don't judge them. Instead of getting upset, be curious. Be curious about the thoughts that your brain is offering. Remember that these thoughts will come and they'll go. But being hard on ourselves will often make the suffering worse. So what we're trying to do is just to have the thoughts, be compassionate with ourselves, look at them, and not create more suffering by being mean to ourselves and beating ourselves up. And the other part of that, the fun with our thinking, is find the silver lining in whatever's going on. Find whatever's amusing about it. All right. Those are the five thoughts. You guys got this. I want you to really try to figure out when something is going well, why it's going well this time. See if you can replicate it. It's not a mystery in terms of you're tripping over some kind of luck. Something is happening. It it happens for a reason. And if you dig deeper, you will figure out why. All right. If you guys need some more support here, please feel free to get in touch with me. Nikki at drnikkineridan.com. That's N-I-K-K-I at D-R-N-I-K-K-I-N-E-R-E-T-I-N.com. I can help you try to figure out how to do this quicker and faster more reliably, and make it last longer. And it's going to be a big deal because once you decide that you have already figured so much out and you're not beating yourself up, you will figure so much more shit out. All right. I love you guys. Bye. Hey, everybody. If you want to work with me and really figure shit out, get unstuck and off the emotional roller coaster and heading towards your passion. And I know you can get in contact with me and let's work together. It'll be worth, worth it for the life of your dreams. Okay. You can get in touch with me at Nikki at drnikkineridan.com. That's N-I-K-K-I at D-R-N-I-K-K-I-N-E-R-E-T-I-N.com. Take care. Love you guys.